genre. Hey guys, this is Scott. And this is Zach. You're about to listen to the final episode of season two of Spider-Man Minute. We've got a lot of stuff planned for the hiatus. And if you are not a Patreon Patreon patron yet, uh, you might want to <laughs> think about uh, joining up. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Uh, yeah. Things that you're going you're gonna to care about what we have to say about them. Um, I mean, I mean, for, I mean, like, it's, it's, I mean, you know, uh, Venom's coming out during the hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Into the Spider-Verse is coming out. And during absolutely. The hiatus. Absolutely. Um, and that's just the two Spider-Man related things. And then we've got hmm. Captain Marvel. We've got, um, the new Avengers movie, whatever that ends up being called. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then we've got, uh, you know, we'll be back by then, but we've got Far From Home next summer. Um, so, you know, I, the, all of that stuff just sort of, um, t- related or tangentially related. Plus we'll, we'll end up having Patreon review specials for Aquaman, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, what else? Shazam, I think yes. is early next year. Right. Um, what, what else, what else do we got? Uh, just, just I mean, we do, uh, like discussions of other Spider-Man media stuff. If you guys mm-hmm. haven't checked out the Patreon podcast before, uh, version of the podcast before, we do readings of comic books. We talk mm-hmm. about video game reviews there. We'll watch other movies in the filmography of the people in the Spider-Man films. So like, mm-hmm. we'll, this is a Willem Dafoe week and we will watch a weird Willem Dafoe movie and talk about it. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's, $3 a month. That's nothing. Uh. Yeah, it's $3 a month. And uh, as an opportunity for you guys, uh, next season on the show, we're going to donate at least one week uh, to our patrons, which means that if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, if you join up at some point in October and you stay a Patreon subscriber through the entirety of our hiatus, so until we come back at the very least, I mean, you know, I think we'll have won you over by that point. You'll probably stick around. <laughs> but but uh, at least at least joining in sometime between um, now and the end of October and staying a patron uh, through our hiatus until we come back next summer, uh, you will have an opportunity. We're going to put all of those patrons' names in a hat, and we're going to choose five of you, uh, and you're going to be uh, you're going to you're going to be on the show. Um, as a guest yeah. for, for Spider-Man 3. Uh, and that's at least one week. If we have a bunch of people sign up, we might even do two weeks. Um, I'd be we, down, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a long movie. It's a long movie. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, so if that sounds fun, um, maybe uh, become a, a Patreon supporter and, uh, you know, help us keep the lights on, help us keep uh, paying, you know, server costs and all of that mm. stuff. Uh, and you know, you're going to get all of this great bonus content on the Patreon page, uh, and the, the Patreon RSS feed. If you're, if you're worried about like listening to the, the Patreon shows, uh, and like having to listen to it on your laptop or your computer or whatever, because you have to go to the Patreon page, you just go once you get the, uh, your, your special, uh, only for you RSS feed for being a Patreon supporter and then you just drop that into the podcast app of your choice and then you have the you have the the, the stream you have the rss yeah. feed um it'll just automatically get, download yeah. yeah you'll get all the new episodes as they as they come out uh, automatically just like any of your other podcasts uh so it's really easy and you get a lot of bonus content there's already like so much i think we're what are we past oh, yeah. 30 episodes of weekend bugle at this point totally yeah yeah and it's so, great uh if you if you want to hear us talk more about spider-man stuff in between the seasons of the show this is 
this is the only way to, way to do it, basically. So sign up, hang out with us. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think at some point we're going to hit 50 episodes of the Weekend Bugle during the hiatus, mm-hmm. um, which means uh, I think for the 50th episode, I think we're going to do like a live patrons only uh, yeah. uh, like sort of Q and a thing. Maybe. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Um, yeah. so, you know, all of that stuff, that's, that's all Patreon exclusive stuff. So, uh, tune in because you're not going to hear what we have to say about Venom, uh, the movie Venom <laughs> or into the spider verse. You're not going to hear about it unless you're a Patreon subscriber. So go do the thing. Please. Yeah. Yeah, please, please, please. Uh, And that's it. And enjoy the season finale of Spider-Man Minute. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we have analyzed and celebrated oh. Spider-Man 2 one final minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. Uh, wow. And uh, this is it. We're almost we've, done. Yeah. yeah. We've made it to the tail end of the tailest mm. end of the tail. It's of true. The end of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, Today we're talking about uh, Minute 125, which uh, starts with credits and ends with the end of the credits. And a uh, Michael Buble cover of the Spider-Man <laughs> 1960s TV show theme song. Which is delightful. Uh, it is delightful. Like yeah, um, yeah. Hey, I, still, I, I like that cover quite a bit. Yeah. I think it's fun. I still will run into it sometimes, like in like stores. They like play it. Like, yeah. Here's a goof. Yeah, we'll play the yeah. Buble Spider-Man theme. I always, it's really great. It was like, it was yeah. on the radio and everything. It's, it, it's, it was kind of like a moderate you know, fun, yeah. silly kind of hit. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't on the soundtrack proper, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it probably, probably might have boosted the sales a bit. Um, <laughs> in terms of credits this week, because all we've got is credits and uh, credits and some script stuff. Um, yeah. There were a, a couple things that jumped out to me on this one. Um, so number one was is actually, a, it's a carryover from the end of yesterday's minute, um, but it's nice because a lot of today's credits are like construction and props and general purpose things. And so um, they had the construction general foreman, Andy Wiedemeyer, which um, that's sort of the person who oversees the carpenters who physically build the sets and scenery and whatnot. And they, they delegate the actual tasks and uh, trains the workers to, all right, we've planned that we're going to build this thing. We have the money to build this thing. We have, you know, a design for the thing. Somebody has to say, you are physically putting together this part while you're working on this part, and then we all build it together. So he's like, like a project manager, I guess, to a degree. It's similar hmm. to a foreman on any other type of construction crew, which is specifically for film and television. Hmm. And um, what I thought was fun about, like, his credit, at least, was 
on like a normal sized movie, you would see that sort of credit for the construction foreman and then you would see all of the, you know, carpenters beneath him and that would be the end of it. But because this is an, a giant movie, an enormous, crazy movie, there are specialist foremen beneath him. So there is the paint foreman and the plasterer foreman and the modeling foreman and the prop maker foreman. We have like, instead of just overseeing the carpenters, you're overseeing specialists who have their own teams of carpenters underneath them. This like nested hierarchy that sort of pops out and shows how, just how big the scale of the production actually is. Um, so that's Andy Wiedemeyer is the, you know, construction general foreman at the top of the crew right underneath the um, project managers. And so he has worked as a, he's also worked as a carpenter and a prop maker. And he's been on stuff like True Blood, Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, he started out as a carpenter on Barton Fink back in the day, which is kind of fun. Ooh. And um, his most recent credit is that he is the uh, carpenter and prop maker on Westworld. So he's still doing well for himself, I guess, as a lot of these people tend to be. Yeah, um, yeah which is pretty cool. And then my uh, my second one that I liked. Uh, this is a <laughs> this is just one of my favorite like crew member positions. Period. I always just I, it just seems fun to me. So this um, about you know sixteen seconds in, we have the credit for the stills photographer Melissa Mosley, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know if she's listening to this possibly, um, but the stills photographer or still photographer as they call it, which is a fairly self explanatory position. It is literally a person who was on set taking pictures, like still photos, you know? Like we have a camera department, but they work on moving pictures because we're making a motion picture. They work with motion picture cameras. But you do need to have somebody, if they're hired by a producer or maybe a publicity department or a PR firm or like a film sales agent, a person to just take photos so that we have actual still photos of the scenes and the stuff and the production and... Mm their job is to be like this invisible spy person Ooh. who gets all of these photos that will, the material they get will later be used for publicity materials for the film. Like in a review of a movie where they talk about, you know, Spider-Man two is out. Here's, you know, Toby Maguire, a, a photo from the set or, um, right. you know, DVD packaging, the, the pictures covers. in the art book and stuff. Yeah. The yeah. pictures in the art book, all that sort of stuff. There is a person whose job is to just take those pictures. And, yeah. um, What's kind of crazy about like an on-set photographer is because they are hired by either an outside firm or a producer or uh, the publicist or something, they don't have final say over their photos, over which one will be used for what or, or planning things out. And so depending on the shoot, you know, sometimes they'll allow you to have like a separate photo shoot to like get, okay, you definitely want posters that look like this and will give you time to shoot with the actual actors and their actual costumes to get that shot in a little studio area but that's rare for the most part they just shoot everything they just try to get good shots all day long and somebody else decides whether or not those are good um photos and mm. usually the people on like the on the actors team uh, their reps or whatever have like a um like a veto power a kill power on production stuff uh, um publicity materials so you might shoot stuff and like like a shot but then like a maybe an actor doesn't like how their face looks in it and so that one gets killed like you have no control over it which just seems kind of freeing because all they do is just i don't know which will be used so i'll just take as many cool photos as i can and they deliver like a contact sheet at the end of the day to like the publicist um but that that's it they're not beholden to anybody there's no 
um, there's no direct person you report to on the set. You just run around all day like a pure craft position, taking beautiful shots. Uh, for you're like, hey, maybe they'll use it, maybe they won't, but this is what I do. I take pictures of stuff. Um, they mostly, if they do interact with people, it's mostly working with like the director and the cinematographer to make sure they are not in the way, like that they can shoot each take as as things are filming without interfering, you know, with where things need to be. They they're just like spies, and I love it because they have these like cool little um special cases to put their cameras in called a blimp. That's, um, <laughs> it's like a little hard case that like it latches with like these cool little latches over your camera. And so your camera body's in there and you have access on the outside to your lens, but it, it's a silencer and it, mm. it makes, so like when you have a, a really legit, you know, digital SLR camera, the actual mirror taking mechanism, the, the mirror moving mechanism when you take the picture makes noise because there's a little machine in there. But yeah. this, these little blimp cases they put on them, they call them blimps, envelop the whole thing and make it silent. So it's literally like watching an assassin or something. Like they open up their like their little thing where they've got all their cameras and they pick the one that they're going to use and they put like the right, you know, barrel on the end of it or whatever. And then they put it, put it in a silencer and then go run around and just throughout <laughs> takes, they're over there clicking away totally silent it's fascinating um i just always thought it seemed like a fun job because you don't have i mean you have to like keep up with the pace of production you have to find like creative ways to stand where you're going to be standing and like you're just coming up with interesting shots all day but you don't know if they're going to be used or not you're just there to to grab them and i just i love watching them work usually on like a medium-sized production you wouldn't have a stills photographer for like the whole thing it would be like you know, maybe 15 days and you like on the schedule, like that, all the call sheets people get like, Oh, we'll have a stills photographer today for, so keep an eye out. Mm -hmm. Um, but on bigger productions like blockbuster movies, they're sort of contracted for the whole shebang. So, um, for this film, I just love the idea of, you know, Melissa showing up to work every morning, figuring out how she can just be like a silent little spy assassin and just take photos of everything all day. It reminds me of, uh, one of the other, roles that uh are you know are an ongoing thing on on sets that no one mm-hmm. really ever talks about yeah um are uh the uh special features crew yes yes exactly which are yeah. just they're just on set filming interviews and mm-hmm. uh and getting footage of them you know working to use on the making of documentaries on the blu-ray uh, the eventual yes. blu-ray release like yeah. they have to you know, you don't you don't just have that footage. Like no, you have no, to have someone so. <laughs> shooting it. Um, and uh, I I always think about those people too. Um, yeah, like a little gorilla happens. crew. That's like they have their own little project they're doing, but it exists in tandem with the main project. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I always find them fascinating to watch um, because the, a lot of times, oh, because you're kind of running and gunning. You usually can't set up your own lights and stuff. It's you're just right. you're shooting whatever the DP set up. Right. Um, you would think. For the most part, that means, all right, well, then they'll stand near where the camera is and get a similar shot. But a lot of times you'll just see them like finding out, finding other angles and other ways to use this playground that the that the director of photography set up and yeah. get an interesting shot of something. It's really cool. Um, no, I really so, love that. And and I think, too, yeah. um, I think as far as uh, uh, like generally, it seems that um, I mean, maybe not for the photographers, but mm-hmm. for the documentary crews. um I've seen a lot of, 
especially maybe not on like A-list productions, Mm -hmm. but on the more minor role productions where they're like, you know, if it's a filmmaker who just like loves special features, like, you know, like uh, Edgar Wright, for example. Sure, sure. Um, You know, you you have uh, someone filming this stuff. You usually you just get like a like a friend to do it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, that's how that's actually how um, Joe Cornish uh started his career oh was, no way yes. he was doing uh he was filming on set behind the scenes stuff for uh hot fuzz um, that's right was, uh, i did know that i just for- yeah, totally forgotten that yeah he was a he was an extra in uh Shaun of the dead he was a zombie <laughs> yes. extra yeah. and then uh went on to do the uh the on set footage uh b-roll and stuff mm-hmm. um during hot fuzz and then he made that uh, documentary that's on the Hot Fuzz, uh, the Hot Fuzz uh, Blu-ray, yeah. the yeah. Um, the one where they go on tour in America <laughs> with the movie. Uh, he directed that, and then uh, and then he went on to do Attack the Block. So it's I I don't know, like I just it's it's cool. I think it's it's a, really cool, yeah. yeah. And it is it is one of those that just seems like focused on like a pure craft type of approach, like. Their, their headaches aren't the same as anybody else's headaches. They're just trying to get shots and footage of stuff, stuff throughout the day. It just seems ideal. I don't know. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, and so uh, Melissa is a great one. I mean, she's done <laughs> a lot of big movies. Uh, the Notebook, Superbad, Being John Malkovich, Inception, wow. uh, John Carter. She did Mulholland Drive back in the way. Um, oh, man. Yeah, and with on Sam Raimi's side, she was a stills photographer for Army of Darkness, A Simple Plan, The Gift, Drag Me to Hell, like... She, she's good at what she does, and she like makes a great living at it, which is really cool. Um, currently she's, um, stills photographer for Grace and Frankie for Netflix. Um, which again on TV, um, because each episode is kind of a mini movie, they need production stills for each episode. Um, right. But you, sometimes it'll only be like a few a few days per episode. But you know, if they've yeah. got money to throw that way, they might have a stills photographer be on there a lot more. Um, Man, I love Grace and Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good folks so yeah i i love that stuff um and then the the third one i have is in the same vein of like unsung heroes or uh cool uh cool things and that's that's catering and craft services because <laughs> i honestly think these are some of the most important people like the most important positions on a production in terms of like having a positive work environment i mean c- catering is obvious but if you don't no film and stuff craft services means the person who provides like snacks and food in between meals on set it's the, the people who take care of food and it's it's such a simple thing it's such a like obvious thing in retrospect but like literally when people are like hungry they are cranky and when mm-hmm. they have good food they are much happier mm-hmm. and the whole like tenor of your set can change like you can be dealing with all kinds of like crazy nonsense um, and uh, you know stressful crises, but like if there's good food, people can kind of like still keep a good good uh, head on their shoulders about it. Like they they won't be upset. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I don't know, just like food keeps people from being cranky. It's it's the most magical thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Jeff Jeff Talbert did craft service and uh, for for this, he was also on the gift and the first Spider Man and. Um, you know things like wet hot american summer but like uh, people like this are usually hired directly off the strength of their work on the last production so i i don't think he's been like keeping up his imdb as like the actual 
resume of his work he literally doesn't even have contact info and he's still working on like big productions uh so mm. i think there's probably dozens and dozens of more credits that aren't on there or it's just well who did crafty in your last project well get him again you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> he kept he kept us sane um who does keep the person who does keep meticulous records is the caterer um and that's tony's food service in chatsworth so the um the craft service person there's like a table of snacks that people can graze off of all day or whatever you know keeps people from going nuts but when you have set meals where we stop production we take time out of the day to sit down and eat meals somebody's making those meals and that's the caterer Mm -hmm. and um tony's food service in chatsworth did um spider-man 2 and they're one of like the the biggest most well-known ones they sort of specialize in doing um location catering so they don't really work on a lot of um like tv series or stuff that's like this is shooting at the sony lot everything's shooting over there they sort of specialize in like there's a big movie that needs to be up in some weird area in the desert and we will bring catering to them and figure out how to feed people um so it was founded by uh, tony kiram who's a croatian immigrant and originally specialized in croatian food but he became one of the premier location caterers in the industry Mm. he's done hundreds of film credits um barely any tv so he did back to the future part three um whoa yeah and wow. forrest forrest gump and oh brother where art thou and signs and you know all sorts of great stuff um what i like is that tony's has become the like go-to caterer for any west coast shooting for the mcu uh, which started with when they shot iron man stuff in los angeles uh he was the caterer for that and favreau loved the food there so much and we all know how favreau is very <laughs> specific about food that they brought him back and maybe there's a fun pun in there with Tony's food service and Tony Stark and whatnot. So (laughs) not only did the same caterer do uh, back to the future part three, but the same caterer also did all of the um, Los Angeles stuff for Spider-Man homecoming. So it all comes full, full circle with food. uh, Nice. It was pretty great. As all things should, as all things should. Yeah. Yeah. So unsung heroes, consider yourself sung. (laughs) (laughs) um all right well uh i guess we'll uh we'll get back in and finish up the the shabon draft sure Um, yeah so where we last left off we had the uh the train sequence happen about the midpoint of the movie Mm -hmm. um where uh where where spider-man in a uh in a you know peter found like just like a spider-man novelty shirt and a ski ski mask and he um stopped the train because uh it was just a thing where he doc ock started a fight with two rando guys um because the (laughs) arms were affecting his brain and then um the uh the uh spider-man tried to stop that fight and then otto like fought him and then it escalated Mm -hmm. into the train sequence and then peter saved the train and in the process of saving the train uh, he used the last bit of his spider powers. Right. Um, yeah. So he has so now nothing. He's left. Now he's just a guy. Now he's just a guy, and uh, Otto has escaped. So he stumbles back into his lab, um, and he he because he he realized toward the end of the train sequence when he when he finally escapes he realized that the arms were affecting his thought process. Right. Um, and so that's why he breaks breaks the brakes um, on the train and, mm-hmm. and leaves because he just, he needs to get Spider-Man away from him. Right. Cause he's yeah. got to get away so that he can get the, these arms off. Um, <laughs> but, or, or else he's going to be permanently bonded to them. And so he 
uh, he breaks the train and then that happens and he, he goes back to the lab. Uh, mm. He backs into the coupler that that um, takes off the 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 rig. Um, yeah. It removes the rig from his bra- back. Uh, it it and it stalls out and he tries it again. It stalls out again. And uh, he realizes that uh, they are bonded forever now. Um, oh, no. And he is in. Uh, he so he uh, he actually um, uh, like sets a uh, there's like a latch on the back that during the fight. Um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man tried to like pull off the the arms with the latch the same way that he pulled them off backstage at the show. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, he loosened the latch, but the latch didn't deactivate the arms. And that's like the first hint uh, that Otto has where he's just like, oh, no, something's wrong. Um, and so uh, he like reattaches the latch and uh, gets the endorphins rush. And so he's both like he's his face is a. uh uh, a combination of inexpressible rapture and unbearable pain. That's what it says. Oh, uh, as he uh. sinks to the ground. Uh, and then the next day, some graduate assistants find him. And uh, he is still in the, he's in the rig. He's passed out. Uh, there's like weird fluid seeping out. Um, Ew. Uh. Yeah. And uh. Uh, the assistant calls some people and uh, they rush him into a, uh, makeshift surgical room mm. um, and uh, that's when they start talking about how they're going to fix this and uh. then the uh, the arms take over completely um, and kill all of them but here what's interesting about this is like in this version uh, the we we focus on Otto asleep in the in the on the table right and we just hear, hear the whir of the motors and screams and like sounds and then uh. silence and then a, a voice, soft feminine voice uh, telling him to wake up. Oh, and creepy. he wakes up and stand and, and sits up in the thing and then sees the aftermath <laughs> of what happened. Um, and then Ooh. this is when he starts actually talking to the arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they uh, have like a legitimate, like an actual voice voice in his head. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, um, it says it's like a, it's like a feminine, like whisper. I, I assume it's going to be something similar to like the ring in Lord of the Rings. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Something, Ooh. something like that. Um, only uh female distinctively female is what it says. Gotcha. Um, but uh yeah so he's like okay i i uh uh i can't i can't do anything like there's nothing there's nothing mm-hmm. i can do and then he's like there's like the only way to do this is to is to like i you know the only way to undo this is to to you know find the exactly what is bonding me to you and unbond me and then he's like oh the i can use the parody chip <gasps> And then he goes to get it and it's gone because <laughs> Peter stole it uh, to use it on himself. Um, and there's no Selfish, time, Peter. Yeah. There's no time to fabricate a new one. Uh, so he's like, I have to find another way. And um, he, uh, he, it says that he, uh, he actually puts together a, a costume, um, which is a, uh, uh, he, he puts together a, um, uh, new uniform made out of a uh, rubberized scrub jumpsuit. 
Um, oh, okay. He, he puts yeah. a, he puts, he, he like, it says uh, a blade, a needle, a heat sealer. Um, <laughs> and uh, they modify the uniform and he puts it on. And then as he passes a mirror, he sees his eyes with the colored storms racing across them. Uh, and then he says that won't do. And then he uh, picks up a pair of eye shields um, and uh, puts ah. those on. And then he looks at himself in the mirror and says, not bad for a dying man. Uh, and, Whoa. And then walks, <laughs> dun, away, dun, dun. walks away. Yeah. Cause he's, uh, cause yeah, he is dying. Cause his body can't handle the connection. Oh, with the arms. That's why he needs to get them to be removed. Um, and uh, yeah, so he, uh, um, uh, so we cut to MJ and she's having a conversation with the director who, uh, basically says that, uh, the, um, uh, you know, that, uh, the, the actress is coming back. She's feeling better and she's going to come back for the role. And MJ's oh. like, okay, I mean, we knew this day would come no big deal. And yeah. then he's like, and Allie black is going to take over your role. <gasps> oh uh, no. And she's like, what, why? And he's just like, I, I just think that this show isn't you. It's just not, it's not a good fit for you. Uh, and she's like, do I have any talent at all? And he's like, yeah, talent and, and guts. Uh, but you know, that's, uh, you know, she's, he's like, he's like, it's, you have all that stuff, but you're having a hard time connecting with the audience. Um, <laughs> there is, there is something broken way down inside of you that, <laughs> that you don't want to let out. Um, most people don't, but actors have to. Whoa. Yeah. And, uh, okay. and she nods like bitterly and she like, cause she just, she knows that that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, slips out of the theater. So uh, yeah, she, she lost her job. Um, Harsh man. Harsh. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh and then, uh, and then MJ goes and sees Peter after this happens. Ah, yes. Um, and is like, hey, let's uh, let's let's go out. You know, let's go let's go talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter like about him her getting fired. Cause like you know, she basically is like, you're this is the only guy that can make me feel better at this moment. Yeah. So she goes out to Coney Island with Peter. Hmm. And they're walking the boardwalk and she's, and he's like, yeah, all those people are crazy. You were fantastic. And she's like, when did you see me? And he's like, oh, I dropped in the other night. There was a scene where he was like, actually, um, cause he couldn't afford a ticket. So he's just mm-hmm. like, he just snuck in and hit uh. on the ceiling <laughs> and watched her. Uh, That's nice. Which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, then they're, they're at a diner. Um, and he's like, I know I've been a, ju- I've been a jerk, but. Uh, you know, things are different now. I'm different. And she rolls her eyes and he's like, what? I'm serious. He's like, she's like, oh, you're different now. Why? Because you started wearing your glasses again. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he's, he's like, I, something's different. I can't tell you what, but it's different. And she's like, he's like, you can't tell me. She's like, you can't, you can't tell me. You can't trust me with, with whatever this thing is. Then nothing's changed at all. You, you're just a little boy with secrets. Um, and she says, call me when you're ready to grow up. And, uh, she starts to walk away and Peter's like, check the check, please. And then she comes back and is like, um, she's, she's just like, God, isn't there like one, 
normal grown-up human male in this whole goddamn city. <laughs> and uh, and the waitress says, I hope that was a rhetorical question, as she drops the check. And uh, he, Peter takes out his wallet, and then there's no money in it. And she just... Oh. Uh, and then takes out her stirrup purse and then pays the bill. <laughs> and then she says, yeah, things have really changed. Oh. And then walks away. That's a gut punch. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Some um, fun stuff in there, though. I like it. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Peter goes back to Mr. Assis to beg for his job back. And he's like, I just I just can't. Like, I can't hire you. You can't. Uh, you're not worth anything. And then a guy shows up to rob the store dressed as Spider-Man. Um, and uh, Peter, even without powers, uh, takes him down. Nice. Um, and uh, but, you know, sort of. He gets the best of Peter and and uh, takes all the all the cash register from the re- your cash from the register and then runs off. And uh, Mr. Aziz comes over after it's over and um, uh, helps Peter to his feet and says, thank you, Peter. You're a very good person. Uh, and then <laughs> and then Peter's just like, yeah, OK. And then that's that. I don't oh. I don't know. I like he just, you know, he can't help but be Spider-Man, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it's a little it's a little muddled. I don't know because he did it. He made himself right. not be Spider. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um. So then uh, Otto shows up at Harry's place and is just like, uh, I don't have a lot of time to waste, but I need a well-equipped laboratory. Uh, and then he hands him he hands him a piece of paper and says, "That's my Christmas list, Santa. Um, <laughs> account God. numbers, suppliers, the address I want it all sent to." Uh, and, and Harry says, this is nuts, Otto. You killed one of my security guys, um, which he did on his way in. And yeah. then uh, and he's like, and you trashed a million dollars worth of bomb shielding, which he also did to get into the apartment. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Otto says, I, he's like, what do you need all this for? He's like, I, I need all of this because I need Spider-Man. I need his body. Not all of it. Just his immune system. Well, and his spine. And all of his bone marrow. <laughs> and Hero goes, his spine? He's like, all I need from you uh, is uh, your, corporate res- your corporate support for this procedure. I guarantee you that tran- the, this will be a transition into the next level of human evolution. Uh, however, it will, my promise to you is that it will unavoidably kill Spider-Man. And, uh, and Harry's just like, uh, okay. And then he leaves. <laughs> um, and then Harry goes to the cemetery and visits, uh, Norman's grave. Whoa. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. Um, and he's like, he goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, dad, I know you were a man of honor, a man who always played by the rules. And I know <laughs> I'm not supposed to take the law into my own hands. And then he hears laughter. And Norman's voice says, I know I, I know I'm not supposed to take the law into my own hands. What a. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to thwip that. But like, yeah, yeah, that's what he says in the script. Jesus. I know. And it's like, what? That's that's a lot. Um, <laughs> again, I, Shabon uh, doesn't know the movie he's writing, apparently. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, and uh, Harry goes. Dad, and then Norman says, you saw what Spider-Man did to me. He's playing by a different set of rules, rules for men. 
let this octopus do it for you if you aren't man enough to do it yourself. But if he fails, I expect you to avenge me. And then Henry fall, Harry falls to his knees, collapses onto the grave. I will, I swear. Oh, um, God. And then he gets into his, his limousine and uh, uses a cell phone uh, to uh, uh, call um, Octavius and says, uh, I'll get you everything you need. Um, oh, boy. And then, uh, and then there's a Merry a bit, Christmas. Yeah, I know. Um, and then, and then, uh, Harry calls Jonah as Peter goes back to the Daily Bugle to try and get his job back. Um, mm. uh, Jonah's on the phone with Harry, and Harry's like, uh, I'm changing my mind. I'm taking back the the reward. And he's like, You can't do that. Everybody's in a fever pitch. We're gonna find out who Spider Man is. Blah blah blah. And, uh, and, and Harry's like, I've got another deal that I'm working through. I'm not going to do this anymore. And he just like basically hangs up with him. Well, but he does call him a grandstanding hack, which is <laughs> just fun. Um, and, uh, uh, a lot of good episode titles. In here. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then, uh, Jonah hangs up the phone. Um, and during, while he was on the phone, Betty let Peter into his office and Peter's just been sitting there listening to the phone call. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Like one half of the phone call, he's just sitting there and, and Jonah hasn't even looked at him the whole time. <laughs> he gets off the phone and, uh, and just like sighs and like, just, it just wipes his face with his hands like dramatically and just collapses into his chair and then looks up at Peter and then just goes, Jesus, Parker, how many times do I have to fire you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's funny. I don't yeah. know. Um, so, uh, yeah, then we go to Aunt May's house, finally. Yeah. Um, we're back at Aunt May's house, and then Otto shows up and says he's looking for Peter Parker. Oh. Uh, which I'm not entirely sure how he knew they were related I don't know if he just looked at up Parker in the phone book, like T one thousand style, and just yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, but he's like, I'm looking for Peter Parker, and May's like, he isn't here. Do you mind? Do you mind my asking what this concerns? Are you a friend of Peter's? And Otto says, we share a hobby, Spider Man. <laughs> and May goes, uh. yeah, one look at you, I should have known. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, I was like, please, it's very urgent. Where is Parker? And May says, I haven't seen him in over a week. We had an argument. I threw him out. I don't know where he is. And that's the truth. Now I'll thank you to take your hands off of me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Otto says, uh, we will find out. We will find Spider-Man. We will flush him out. Um, Oof. And uh, she says, you do that. Just leave Peter Parker alone. And then Aww. we get this sequence of Otto going around and causing trouble and then telling everyone, my name is Otto Octavius. I am a mad scientist. Dope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the destruction will not stop until Spider-Man surrenders himself to me. <laughs> and so, the direct approach. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, he basically causes problems in like a different place. Like he's, he's at Prada, uh, like a Prada store. And then he goes to the Lincoln tunnel and then he goes to the Rose space center. Uh, and he, and he just keeps doing this Fifth it's, Avenue for some reason, square park. For some reason he goes across state lines and he's at the, uh, the maker's mark brewery. I like I, the distillery. I don't know why he's there, but he was there. <laughs> yeah. So he just go, he keeps going to places. Um, and, uh, saying the same thing. Mm. Um, 
My name is Otto Octavius. I am a mad scientist. <laughs> the destruction will not stop until Spider-Man surrenders himself to me. <laughs> so then uh, Peter is in his room and he sees this on uh, on the t- television. And mm. he's just like, ugh, like, cause he just doesn't know what to do. And he's kind of like rubbing the spot where he injected the, he injected the chip. Um, yeah. And then uh, Aunt May shows up and she brings him groceries and some baked goods. Uh, and uh, it's nice. a, it's a, the, one of the baked goods is a Boston cream pie, which is um, his favorite apparently. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Course, yeah. She's, he's like real, she goes real whipped cream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you came all this way with soup and she goes and a boston cream pie um <laughs> and uh um and peter's like aunt may haven't you seen the news don't you know what's happening out there and may says the trains are still running if the trains are still running it must be all right wow and wow. which just seems like a perfect old lady thing to say yeah um I, uh, and she says, uh, I haven't heard from you in a long while, dear. I'm worried about you. Uh, you don't look well. Come downstairs and have some soup. So they go downstairs to the kitchen. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, she's like, you know, that awful octopus, he came by earlier looking for you. And he's <laughs> like, he came to see you. Why? And she said, uh, he seems, he said that he was looking for Spider-Man. For some reason, he seemed to feel that you might know where to find him. Uh, I can't say that he was very nice man. Uh, she's like, but I sent him packing. Uh, and then she tries the soup and she goes too much dill. Um, and uh, she's like, Aunt May, the last time, you know, at the house, what I told you. And she says, you should have told me sooner and I should have forgiven you before now. It would have been so much easier for both of us. Uh, and uh, she says, Peter, I understand the burden that you've been carrying. Uh, the sense of guilt, of responsibility. And Peter says, I'm so sick of that word. And uh, <laughs> May says, but that's how life is, Peter. Responsibilities are thrust on you, calamities, tragedies, through no fault of your own. And you sit and you say, why me? And the answer is, you'll never know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, and mm. she's like, uh, the real question is you shouldn't be asking why me it's what are you going to do about it? She's like, my particular answer to that question is to bring my only nephew, some chicken noodle soup and a Boston cream pie. My goodness. Uh, she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is for you, Peter, but you do. That's and, nice. Uh, hey. Yeah. And Peter yeah. says, uh, it's, it's just, it's hard. Aunt May. I just want to have a normal life, you know, a normal life that isn't breaking my heart all the time. And he, she says, yeah, that would be nice. Wouldn't it? But <laughs> it wouldn't be normal. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And, and May's got like some legit wisdom in this round. I'm yeah. Doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And so then we go to uh, the ruined pier where Doc mm. Ack has set up his secret lair. And uh, there's a laboratory set up and with uh, Oscorp system equipment. Uh And uh, Harry's there and he's complaining that um, he hasn't gotten Spider-Man yet. And I was like, I can't flush him out. And uh, and then and then uh, he gets an idea 
um, that he's like, oh, well, there's a <laughs> what happens is his uh, his uh, arms tell him something. And he says, oh. I see. And Harry's like, you see what? He's like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and then he goes, we have a re- one remaining vector. And Harry goes, vector? What vector? And uh, and then he leaves. And then we go to MJ's bedroom. And then he kidnaps uh, Mary Jane uh, to get Spider-Man. To get. Yeah. He says, because uh, we need to catch a spider and you are the fly. And then steals her. And then. Yada yada, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, um, his plans. Yada yada, uh. and then Peter sees it happening outside. MJ, she's like, and he starts calling for her, and then she's like, Peter, Peter, help! And like is calling for him, and then um, the and then uh, Doc Ock like escapes with her, and then uh, Peter realizes what he needs to do, and he runs over to a nearby construction site. Oh, um, digs around in a toolbox. And finds some pliers, some needle nose pliers. Oh God! And oh. then uh, digs them into the spot where the chip <laughs> is, uh, and uh, yanks out the chip. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's rough. Uh, um, and then uh, and then goes uh, and then goes to uh, Jonah's place and steals the costume back, um, and. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, he, he tells J he tells JJ that it makes him look fat and then takes it. Um, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Otto and so there, here's this really weird thing. So he meets him at Rockefeller center hmm. and, uh, it, this is the fight that's written. I've never seen a fight written like this in a script before. Oh, um, okay. It says, each combatant gifted in his own way with power, agility, and a kind of grace. Uh, not bad for a couple of freaks. Speak for yourself, says Spider-Man. Otto, I speak for us both. You have the greater power, power I need, but I have the strength of knowing what I am. I embrace my freak nature. I revel in it. You will always be fighting against it. That is why I will win this battle. And he does. Wow. Uh, Whoa! And, yeah, and that's it. Huh? That's it. That's the whole fight. Um, huh. It's a it's a quarter of a page scene. I kind of respect that. Yeah, it's just like you it's know. like yeah, let the let the choreographers do their He's work. Like, I know you guys are gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, it's not quite as elegant, but it reminds me of like in the script for the Princess Bride, where he just describes it as <laughs> the greatest sword fight that has ever been put on. Um, 35 millimeter film or something like that. It's Bill Goldman. <laughs> yeah. He's better at writing than I am, but yeah, just, he doesn't describe the stuff. He just says they proceed to have Blake, the greatest, the greatest sword fight in the history of cinema. And then just doesn't, <laughs> just, he just writes their dialogue and he doesn't describe the fighting, which I think is great. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. So we take Spider-Man back to his lair and Harry's there and Mary Jane's there. And uh, Harry, this is the first time Harry sees MJ the whole movie. And he's like, MJ, what are you doing here? <laughs> Um, and, uh, uh, Otto's like, uh, hello, Harry, come to watch. I guess you've been waiting quite some time for this moment. Uh, and, uh, I suppose before anything else, you'd like to know who put your father in the ground and he yanks the mask off and Harry and Mary Jane learn that Peter is Spider-Man simultaneously. Whoa. Um, 
awesome. which is uh, which is a big deal. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, uh, MJ runs toward the table when she sees that it's Peter, and uh, one of the arms um, lashes out and knocks her brutally aside. Uh, and and Harry goes to to check on her, um, and then uh, looks back at the table with Peter. And, uh, the, like the, there's a, there's a laughter that starts, um, louder in his ears. So he is just, Harry's just totally losing it at this point. Yes, of course. Um, upon finding this out and, uh, starts seeing visions of, uh, the masks from Norman Osborn's collection, Spider-Man's mask and the Green Goblin mask all sort of mixing together in his head. Um, and, uh, he just... Uh, totally, totally losing it, uh, and runs out of the laboratory. And then uh, <laughs> MJ is saying, "Like Otto, don't do this. You don't want to do this." Uh, and the 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 surgery is going to begin. Like the arms are like prepping Spider Man for the surgery. It's ripped open hit the back of his uh, costume, um, and uh, you know has already pulled off the mask, and now it's. Um, Starting to uh, uh, so they the they are zeroing in on on Peter's head um, and uh, puts like a, a foam on his head and then uh, cl- clippers and shaves him bald. Whoa! Uh, what? Yeah, shaves him bald. Well, I mean, prepping for surgery. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, and then uh, basically, Otto's like. Um, uh, there's no way to avoid killing him. We only need pieces of him, but they're rather crucial pieces. Uh, <laughs> if we could take what we needed without killing him, well, we would, but alas. And then says, <laughs> and then he says, no, that's not true. We're looking forward to this death. You know, what's interesting. Yikes. Humans always think of the killer instinct as something very primitive, a relic of the savage past. But the longer we spend at this level of evolution, the more we realize that that's just wrong. Think about it. Human beings have only gotten better and better at killing over the last 50,000 years. This is what we're evolving into. Uh, and then uh, the, so she's close enough now and she raises a wrench high to bring down um, on the back of like his, his back, like the back yeah. of the um, whatever the rig. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the, one of the arms lash out and knock her against the wall um, and then, uh, and Otto says, get away from Otto, you bitch. Um, Whoa. which really crazy. And it says, it, it says plural voice in parentheticals, which I imagine means that the, the it would be, have like a distortion where it's like the yeah. arms and Otto talking simultaneously. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Creepy and weird. Fun. Yep. Yeah. And then, mm. uh, and then, uh, uh, MJ's like, uh, Otto, please. Um, and then says, uh, Hey, look at me, please just look at me. And then Otto finally turns and lifts his glasses and, uh, and she looks into his wild dying eyes is what it says. And MJ's <laughs> like, I know you're in there. I can feel you. Can you feel me? And Otto says, yes, MJ, I can feel you. And MJ says, you're not a killer. Your work is not about killing. Your work is about making us better humans. Be better at being a human. <laughs> Uh, and, nice. uh, and then he says, not better at being a human, better at surviving in this poisonous world. And she says, but why survive for the sake of surviving? Uh. And then Otto says, you love him. And she goes, I do. 
And then um, the, the, like he starts fighting against the arms and says, uh, I thought there was a place for me in your heart. The first place I ever felt like I belonged. And MJ uh-huh. says, there is Otto. There is a place for, for you, for me, there is. And Otto says, you might be right. There might be. Let's find out. And then he brings down like the whole, the walls of the whole place. Oh, um, and the idea of like, I, I think the idea being like, I'm going to kill myself and I'm going to bring you with me. Right. right. Um, yeah. and, and Spider-Man, everybody. Uh, and so he starts bringing down the wall. Peter wakes up and uh, goes and, and holds one of the walls up and we get the high, high. So Siobhan actually, uh, was the nice. one who came oh. up with that. Um, yeah, and Peter's saying, this is really heavy. <laughs> um, and uh, that whole thing. And uh, and also, MJ, in case we die, you love me. I do. Even though you said you didn't. That was, nice. that was Shavon. Oh, uh, the entire structure is going down. Um, and uh, and then Otto has like 10,000 tons of ancient lumber uh, comes tumbling down <laughs> on top of him. And uh, uh, he's gone. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. There's a bit in the script where it actually says... Um, He's uh, in the water and for it says uh, Otto thrashes in the rig underwater as the arms struggle toward the surface. For a moment, he looks like his namesake. And I was like, oh, that's what they were doing with that shot. Because he's in water. He's in water. I just didn't even think about the fact that like octopus, octopi are in in water. water. Like they're water creatures and he's in the water. Oh, yeah. Okay. That works. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even click with me when we were watching that minute. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so now mm. um, Harry is uh, at home and he is uh, he basically lies in the middle of a empty ballroom floor um, and uh, he looks up and there's uh, 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 I guess I guess this is Norman Osborne's penthouse. So like this isn't where he lives. This is, this is like his dad's place. And so like, there's like, um, there's stuff over the furniture and everything. And he just sort of like walking through, uh, and, uh, he ends up in front of, um, front of the mirror. And, uh, there's, uh, there's a, uh, a card on it. It's a Halloween card. Um, that says, uh, have a beautiful Halloween what yeah um and it says uh it says to dad love harry uh and it was like an old halloween card um that uh he said and then um norman's voice starts talking to harry and he says Uh, all right harry it's your turn i want to see what kind of stuff you're made of and uh (sighs) harry says no no dad he's my friend i can't uh he, and he says, uh, Norman goes, is he, is he your friend? I guess that's why he stole your girlfriend. I guess that's why he killed me. And he says, dad, I don't, I don't know. He, I'm not sure. There's a lot. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm not sure. Harry, you swore an oath. You put your word, your money, your name on the line. You swore to make Spider-Man pay. Now make him pay. And then, uh, he leans his forward, his head against the mirror. Mm-hmm. And says, it says, yes, dad, I swear. And then the mirror clicks open. (sighs) 
and then he he leads down a hallway and then into some sort of laboratory, a command center. And then he looks over and, and sees all the goblin stuff. And he's like, Oh, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, spooky um, so, uh, so then, um, we're at MJ's apartment mm-hmm. and, uh, her leg is in a really big cast cause she broke it in the, in the oh, okay. collapse. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she uh she says uh she calls for Peter cuz she's reaching for for a squeeze bottle of uh I don't know water it doesn't it doesn't oh, specify okay. it just says for a squeeze bottle I don't know why okay. um sure. but uh she can't reach it and so she calls for Peter and then uh uh he's there um oh it's water it's a water bottle okay she says water okay. later um so anyway she take he gives it to her and uh she's like uh he starts to leave and he's like um she goes, uh, you said you'd stay. And he says, your mother's coming. And MJ says, you also said that you loved me. And Peter says, I do love you. I've loved you all my life, Mary Jane Watson. I just can't have you. That's all. The danger, the uncertainty, the hatred. I can't ask that of you. Uh, you don't know what it's like. This is my deal. It's my destiny. And he nods toward the bugle. Uh, what are they s- saying? And she says, uh, he's saying you're evil incarnate. <laughs> and uh, Peter nods. I'll call you tomorrow. And uh, he leaves. And um, <clears throat> her face sort of crumbles. And uh, then she sees his camera sitting there. And uh, she like lumbers over there in pain, kind of hobbles over and picks up the camera. And then goes quickly to the window and throws it open. And uh, she sticks her head out as he's leaving the building. And she shouts, Peter, you forgot your camera. And he's on the street. Uh, he turns and looks up and she uh, looks out there and looks at him and he sort of like holds out his hands to um, catch the camera. And instead she throws herself over the side of the building. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and uh, he darts under the balcony and catches her. And she says, do you know how amazing it is that I can trust you to do that? what yeah he says you're given a gift peter i want to share that gift with you and i want you to share it with me you don't have to do it alone i'll help you uh and she says uh uh peter's like mj and she's like what you think police officers don't get to be in love firefighters don't get to be married that's crazy but mj (laughs) this is just this is just so much weirder than being a policeman and MJ goes, it is weird, but you've always been weird. Oh. Uh, and then Peter says, wait, did you say married? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and she just smiles and like punches him in the shoulder. Um, and then she says, uh, he, he takes her back upstairs and you, uh, you can hear her. Um, this is like OS. And she uh-huh. goes, she goes, does this mean I get to see the spider cave? And he goes, there is no spider cave. And she's like, well, that sucks. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then he, uh, uh, he leaves out the window again with his camera. Um, but now he's dressed as Spider-Man. And uh, uh-huh. as he's like following, um, uh, he's like doing some good. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, uh, I don't know, like a, uh, montage sort of instead of sure. what we normally get which is like him just like you know doing yeah. spider-man web sling whatever this is yeah. like a montage of him like saving people 
And we have this closing voiceover, uh, which is, uh, it was, uh, it was a five alarm fire, gas fed, 300 firefighters and the junior Senator from New York on the seventh floor with his lovely companion. Um, and you see a, a distinguished gentleman and a young woman dressed as a maid. So they were <laughs> having an affair of some sort. Um, Funny. and, uh, uh, he says, uh, the voiceover goes, look at that guy. Look at him. You want to know the story of his life? No choice in the matter. No way out. And uh, he sails by the ro- into the, back into the roaring fire toward a pair of children, snatching them from the flame, doing what he's meant to do. And it says, uh, didn't get a single damn picture of any of it. And then that's <laughs> it. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. it. Wow. The Michael I mean, Shabon draft. It's completely different. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to like do a one-to-one like comparison like minute to minute on that because the no. structure is totally different. But right. Right. It is unique. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some fun lines in there and some fun stuff. I don't think it works. Totally. No. I mean, the best parts of it, uh, you know, which makes sense because it's coming from a, uh, I think Michael Shabon was like a playwright and a novelist. So right. Right. It makes yeah. sense that he would get the the character moments. There's like a lot of character moments that are like really good. Like the bit with Aunt May and the bit where Mary Jane's like calling him out and the bit in the diner and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um there's some like really solid character stuff throughout that I I I like. Um yeah. but as soon as you get into the superhero stuff, it's like I'm gonna steal Spider Man's spine in my <laughs> my dirty run down pier headquarter laboratory. Like it's just that stuff is bad. Like super bad. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it actually reminds me a lot of Spider-Man three in that, like there's a lot of like character stuff in Spider-Man three that I like little character. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, But then the, the overall plot is just like, well, all right. (laughs) This is a bit bonkers in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, But, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued by the prospect of taking that one on, but um, hmm. this movie, yeah. I, I what's fun about hearing the whole Shabon draft out, you know, beat by beat, is that we can see what parts would would work and what parts couldn't work with the movie it did become, and then right, yeah, yeah, that was really nice. Like, yeah, <laughs> made me appreciate the movie a bit more. The one that we did get. Oh now, yeah, I would. I would watch the hell out of that weird janky thing, but I it's I don't know if it would have connected to people the way that the real movie did. No way. No way. And I mean this was this was uh I mean this script was bad enough that they didn't hire him to do it. They didn't they didn't fulfill his uh his uh second uh his rewrite. Oh, thing. yeah. Um, yeah. they just fired him. They brought like, on that was, eventually. Go with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, brought right. on um whatever, whatever his name is, uh, Sergeant, Sergeant. Yeah. Sergeant. Um, yeah. I, and you really, you, you notice that like, oh yeah, Sergeant, he really did sort of define, you know, for as much as we like to make fun of him being a (laughs) 75 year old man, he really did define what these movies feel like. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it really is like a combination of, uh, Alvin Sergeant and Sam Raimi. Mm hmm. Yeah. And uh, without those two, it doesn't quite feel right. And no. Yeah. This is a good example of that. It was. Um, what a unique document. My God. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't I don't mind the young doc. I really don't. It's no, I think that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, And even his character being like a very charismatic because it makes sense uh, if he is sort of that ego driven character, which is this is closer to that version Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that he would also be kind of like an evil Tony Stark, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it, you know, it's sort of dark parallels with Peter. You know, some of those were folded over into stuff with John in the final movie. Some of those were sort of just just pre-accident Otto as like an older version of Peter. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind them as like contemporaries that kind of, you know, just shake up Peter's faith in himself. I, yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. a lot of fun with it. Yeah. yeah. It's reminding um, me of some stuff. I mean, was this, this is still like a couple years prior to the um, uh, Superior Spider-Man stuff, right? That right. That Slot did. Yeah. Right. It's kind of some of the parallels there. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah, absolutely." Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So it's a, it's an interesting draft. I definitely don't. I don't like it as much as the kept draft. Um, no, no. Uh, the kept but... draft was uh, was a little more. Well, that was a little more fun because it wasn't. It was wholly its own thing. Where this yeah. is a failure because it's supposed to be a sequel to a thing we know. With the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a totally mirror universe thing, rather than like feeling like it's not doing the thing it's supposed to do, or like the Capdraft is doing the thing it's supposed to do. They just decided they wanted to do a different thing, um, and that's what's cool about it. Uh, mirror universe uh, Spider-Man movie instead of a sequel that doesn't quite doesn't quite land. Right. Um, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. I agree. Uh, um. <sighs> So uh, that's uh, that's our coverage of Spider-Man Two. That's season two, guys. There yeah, it is. Yeah, that's season two. Um, We're done. We're done here. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think there are any scripts to work from with Spider-Man Three. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure there isn't. A, an odd bear that one. Yeah. Because we... <laughs> um, we it's uh it's a uh, uh Al Alan's uh it's uh, Alvin Sargent and uh. And Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi writing it. Oh, whoa. Yeah. 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 That'll be interesting. Yeah. That'll um, be a very different kind of thing. Um, but, you know. But there it is. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I have, it has been really fun, like, taking apart this movie and realizing all of the reasons behind why it works the way it does on me. Um, I It's just been... It's a delightful movie. I, I I hope I hope you guys have liked listening to it as much as we've liked uh, having these conversations because it is. I, I I really like the this format for you know projects and this was the movie of of these three films. This was one of the ones that like really meant the most to me. So I'm glad I'm glad we did it. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. No, it it is. I mean, I'm always going to be glad that we did another season of this, but. Um... <laughs> This is, uh, I find that I, I, I believe that Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 are sort of on, um, equal footing mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, the, the problems in the first Spider-Man are not the same problems in Spider-Man 2. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. the things that I love about the first Spider-Man aren't always the same things that I love in Spider-Man 2. So like, right. I don't know. It's just, um. Just uh, it's it's a different mix, but I I don't think I like either one better than the other one, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used I, to think that like, oh yeah, Spider Man Two. That's way better, and it clearly connected to a ton of people. But 
I when we got the end of last season of Spider Man One, I was like, man, I really like that movie. Um, yeah, I really do. Yeah, makes him. <laughs> I'm curious what it's gonna feel like to rewatch these movies, not like chopped up like this. Because uh, the for, when we did the 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 episode doing the commentary on the first film, it it seemed like it flew by. Like it did not seem like the movie was like 20 minutes long or something. It was very strange. Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> it'll be it'll be an interesting watch when we do that commentary um so yeah i mean you'll have that to look forward to in the hiatus and of course we'll do our regular uh, trailer episode for mm-hmm. for spider-man 3 um during the hiatus uh and but that'll be that'll be pretty much be it and uh yeah. we'll be back you know next next year next summer yeah. Uh, yeah. summer summer 2019 for uh spider-man 3 uh which which uh be that'll be that'll be that'll be interesting it's i think it's a lot longer than this one um yeah i think yeah. so we'll, yeah it's like we'll see how that goes um <laughs> but uh yeah so should be should be interesting and i think i think it'll be a fairly different season because i think for the most part we're going to be um in the same room for a lot of it uh yeah yeah we won't be on opposite geographically <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it, it might be a little crazy to think of uh you know whatever this is 230 episodes in or something but uh scott and i have never literally met face to face yeah as of- that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyway that should be interesting yeah, um we'll see but uh yeah i am uh i am i am very excited for the next season i really am yeah. but i also am very much looking forward to this hiatus um, <laughs> and, the uh, choir, man. <laughs> this has been this has been great and i i love yeah. this movie so much and it means the world to me and i'm means the world to me that you guys have been listening mm-hmm. uh i want to i want to thank all of our guests if i can yes. real quick oh my gosh um so thanks to uh preethi chibber uh, Jonathan Carlyle and David Johnson, Sam Stovall, Sam Gash, and Michael Bobbitt, mm-hmm. Jay Malone, Rick and Julia Ingham, uh, Michael Barrity, uh, Hoi Chen Bui, and uh, George Hendricks, Jonathan Howell, Chris O'Connor, uh, Mark and Nathan from DCU Minute, yeah. Cassandra Norman from Lord of the Rings Minute, and uh, Pete the Retailer, of course. Uh, Paul Montgomery, John and yeah. Jeb from Toy Story Minute, uh, mm-hmm. Gary Roby and Brian Green, Dan Gavazdin, Nick Jimenez, Naomi Wong, Alex Montgomery, Alan Strickland, uh, Adam Sheehan and Rachel Gatlin, Andrew and Joe Jarowski, Crystal Beth, Ray Russo, uh, <laughs> Nick, Nick Ferguson and Summer Branham, John Engel, yep. Thomas Howarth. Scott Tofty, Doug Greenberg, um, Mark from uh, Amazing Spider-Cast, uh, yeah. John, John and Niall from Batman in 89, um, or just Batman it. Uh, yeah, Batman it. Yeah. Um, Molly Balin, Brad Oman, Phil and Jake Dragish, uh, Eric, <laughs> Eric Deutsch, <laughs> and uh, the Savage Land guys. Yeah, it's called um, all that. Yeah. yeah, we had them on and, uh, and Chelsea Kern. I, uh, thanks to everyone for, for being a guest this season. It's been, it's been a nice mixture of, of, uh, new and old, uh, new and returning, I guess. And, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of delightful conversations. I just had like flashbacks to, as you're reading through that list. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, oh yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. Like months of fun, fun talk with 
good people. So thank you yeah. again to all of our guests. It was great. Absolutely. And we will, uh, we will be back next year. In the meantime, if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, we're going to be doing the Weekend Bugle all through the hi- hiatus. Yeah. Uh, so you can that's... still hear us talk about Spidey stuff. Just, yeah. Uh, just on the weekends. Right. Yeah. That's on uh, duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, become a Patreon supporter at $3 a month. $3. $3. $3. Come on. Come on. $3. <laughs> My God. $3. Uh, and, and we'll be that... we'll be coming out with weekend bugles every week during the hiatus. Uh, yeah. So and you, you won't just get access to those; you'll get you know, a bunch of other bonus uh, mm-hmm. doing genre stuff. So yeah, including a... all of our movie reviews and stuff like that. So it's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three bucks. Give us give us three bucks and get all that stuff. It's it's worth the money. Uh, so go go do that. Support us on Patreon. You'll love the weekend bugle. I promise. Mm. And uh, that's where you'll hear us until we'll be back in 2019 with Spider-Man 3. Bye. Bye. Bye.